0: The opinions expressed on the ACB Media Network are those of the content providers and should not be viewed as an endorsement of any product or service, nor does it reflect the views of the American Council of the Blind, its elected officials, or its staff.
1: This is Paul Edwards, and welcome to Tuesday Topics on the first Tuesday in October. And we are going to talk about an Octobery subject this evening it's not the first tuesday either it's the second it is yeah i was just showing how you about senile i am yeah <laughs> senility is terrible is it not um but uh, folks have have understood that we do have some of our crew here mr
2: brian how are you sir i am doing well i'm being very good this evening i just got my i i call them my celeste glasses in the mail today Ooh. those are the so i i'm still trying to make them work the way they're supposed to but i'm wearing them but i'm not using them that is exciting miss marion how are you dear
3: i'm very well paul how about yourself it's good to be here
1: i I am doing well
3: and you know we have five tuesdays together this month
1: that's right we do and the last one's on halloween i got that right see
4: Mm, you did
1: so we we've already begun to discuss plans for that one so Mm -hmm. Put that on your calendar, everyone. It may be an interesting program. At least we think so. Yeah, we think so. Mm-hmm. We will, we will, we will see if if other people agree. We are. We will tell you later in the month, so you can be thinking about it. What we're going to do.
0: I'm most That's interested that. in finding out what Tuesday you come up with next week.
1: Oh, well, I know what I'm doing next week.
0: No, not not what we're doing. Which number of the Tuesdays in terms of months?
1: Oh, that's right. Yeah. Oh, thank you. It would and, sh- and should so be interesting. Larry, so Larry Gassman is here. How did you on know? The, on the second Tuesday <laughs> of the month. Hello, yes. Larry. Hello there, Paul. <laughs> 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 and and our and our exciting executive producer, Mister uh, Mister Rick, is with us. Rick, how hey are you? Hey guys, sir? how are you? Hello, hello, exactly. hello.
2: Wonderful cell day here, isn't it, Rick? We are. So I'm going to
1: provide a 30-second introduction to this topic, and then I'm going to sort of pass it around to different folks and and ask uh, uh, among this group and and ask folks to tell us what they know about the topic that we're talking about. (laughs) And And as everybody knows, we're talking about the white cane law, The white cane law is a state law and in every state that it exists. And I think that there are actually white cane laws in all 50 states, Um, but there is no federal white cane law um, because it is considered that the stuff that the white cane law covers um, is in fact um, the purview of the state. So, the White Cane Law is, is a law that was initially proposed and passed mostly with the um, aid and assistance of Lions Clubs all over the country at a time when Lions Clubs were had truly adopted blind people as kind of the folks that they were interested in working with and worked very closely with the American Foundation for the Blind and also with Helen Keller to get loads of things accomplished in the late 30s and early 40s, which is when most of the white cane laws in most of the states were passed. So, Brian, if you had to define what the white cane law is supposed to do, what
2: would you say? It establishes uh, the right of a person with a white cane and red tip to uh, be perceived differently than any other pedestrian. That it is in fact the responsibility of the driver to look out for the white cane user not the white cane user to look out for the driver. And there are penalties for violating that. Yep,
1: this is true.
2: <clears throat>
1: now, since since the law is different from state to state, um, in Massachusetts, Brian, um, th- is the cane user supposed to do anything in particular with his cane?
2: Uh, It doesn't get that specific. Does Florida? It it does not get that specific. It has to be readily seen. So I have I have a cane that I use when I go to Red Sox games, and I don't use it to get to the game or get from the game, but I use it at the game because it has the Red Sox emblem all over it. Uh, That would not be considered a white cane under our white cane law.
1: Miss mm-hmm. Marin, how about Pennsylvania?
3: Pennsylvania is, um, <clears throat> says anyone using a, it does say white cane, white cane or service animal, not necessarily having to be in a crosswalk, um, that, that motorists must be aware and must give them the right of way. <clears throat> Again, not, not necessarily, doesn't have to be in a crosswalk, or at a you know traffic light or anything like that, and the penalty is fifty dollars or a hundred dollars. This is the kicker, though: three points on their license if they violate the white cane law.
1: So oh, that's interesting because that's that's the stiffest penalty. Uh, you are the only state that I've heard of so far that 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 has points on the license.
3: I just looked it up as we were talking um, because I'm just back, so I didn't know where we were at with that. Right. Yep. <clears throat> so. Um, I think that it's meant to be, um, as Brian notes, it's meant to be a thing of awareness to make motorists aware. Um, I also think that in the case of Pennsylvania, it could be, um, a deterrent as well for being mindless, you know, for not being aware, for being mindless of, of, um, pedestrians with, um, you know, with vision loss. So, um, um whether it's enforced I I can't say but that's how it is in well Pennsylvania.
1: Do, do you know of do you know of anybody who's been prosecuted
2: in Pennsylvania?
3: No, I, I do not and so I say yeah. I don't how, know
2: how it's... about Massachusetts Brian there have been cases in Massachusetts where it went to court because the driver felt that they were being wronged by being ticketed and fined. Um, I don't believe that in any of those cases it was overturned. But our penalty isn't as strong as that in Pennsylvania, uh, where we put efforts back in the day was to require that a question about that law. Be part of every driver's test.
3: We tried to get that done in Florida, too. Um, It's a random question. So that's a very sad thing. To me, that would be the goal. If we were going to care anything about the white cane law, the goal, it seems to me, two things that I thought about when I was um, at at SWFCB. And then then I'll stop. The two things I thought would be effective would be for um, somebody to go into every single driver's ed class and have a section on that talk about it show them what a white cane is maybe have a blind person maybe you know have a blind person with a cane or with a dog so that they actually it's in their eyes it's in their face and if not a video some kind of video right that shows a blind person navigating the streets that's one thing i thought and the other is to have it not be a random question have it be a mandatory question and i thought if we if those two things could get accomplished then the law might be something worth
1: something we we were able to get i think three questions altogether, um incorporated into the um the the set of questions that are used but they're randomized and so we have no way of knowing um whether any individual person who takes the test actually gets one of the white cane questions that are right. there in florida
5: that's correct
1: so that's that's our that's our situation now. Mr. Larry, what can you tell us about California?
0: It's much like what Marianne described in terms, except for the penalties. I don't know that we have penalties. but And what's interesting is that over the past, I don't know how many years, when they see me coming with a white cane, and I've had one for 50 years, I do get the right of way, and people are aware of, Even if they don't know the full law, they know that there's something special about a white cane. In the 53 years I've been carrying a white cane, there was only one person that I know of who not only knew nothing about the white cane, but knew nothing about blind people, and he was a a tour guide in Hawaii. We were getting ready to fly to another island And he saw our white canes, and he says, no, you can't have them. They're dangerous. They'll hurt people. (laughs) And he wanted us to give him our canes. And, of course, we're much younger than we are now. We were kids, and John and I both started walking towards him with our canes, and we said, if we run into a building or people, we're going to sue you. That's what these canes are here in part to help us and protect us, to hit pieces of furniture so that we don't run into and or hurt ourselves. Now, we never would have done that. But all of a sudden, a crowd grew because we said it loudly. And a crowd began to form. And he finally said, okay, okay, you're going to take them. Take them. Go. Fine. No problem. So I'm sure that probably he was not speaking with knowledge behind him. It was just something he felt. Uh, And we went from there. That's the only person I ever had heard who would not let us use our white canes, and eventually he gave in.
1: So there have been a couple of cases in Florida where blind people have been seriously injured, and, and of course there have been lots of cases in, in the country where blind people have been killed um, by motorists. Um, and yet the, the stiffest penalty uh, that I know about is Pennsylvania's, where, where you can actually... Uh, where you can actually get three points on your license. Um, one of the problems, however, is certainly in Florida. We have had absolutely no success at asking the state um, to keep a record of incidents that involve the white cane That's law. That's correct. So that we have an idea of uh, of what is actually uh going on in terms of the number of incidents that actually occur um and I don't know of a state um Pennsylvania Massachusetts California I don't know of a state where where the state is required to keep records and where organizations of blind people can actually look at those records to see um to see the number of incidents that occur um Brian, are you are you aware of anything like that in Massachusetts?
2: I do not believe it is done uh, here no. in Massachusetts. I hope somebody's on hold here from the state of Oregon, my old home state, mm-hmm. because it was the home state of John Dashney, and John Dashney is one of those people who died as a result of uh, a traffic accident where the person did not
1: yield there were there were two dog guide users um, who worked for the library of congress and both of them died in a in a mm-hmm. traffic accident in in washington dc
2: it <clears throat> was one of the uh, in- it was it was different though in in that they were waiting their turn to cross when a car stopped and encouraged them to cross in front of it and as they crossed in front of it, somebody came from behind that car, swerved into the other lane, and hit them. Yes. So it wasn't they didn't it it was what taught me not never to cross because some nice person stops the vehicle and says, Go ahead and cross. But not see, going. I I
1: I guess I wouldn't have learned because I would have crossed if 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 somebody if somebody who is driving stops and says, "I got your back, Jack.
2: Go for it. <clears throat> I'm crossing." Well, we know how that works out. We you do know how that worked out.
1: Um, but but the frightening thing is, as I say, that even when there are deaths, the 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 penalty or the largest penalty that can, that can be exercised is, is a misdemeanor. Now, you say, Brian, that people go to court uh, because they challenge whether, whether these misdemeanors should, should be charged. <clears throat> um, that happens a lot in Florida. However, most of the time in Florida, the results are exactly the opposite of what you say happens in Massachusetts. In Florida, I don't know of a single case where a driver has been found guilty uh, and has been charged um, or has been required to pay the misdemeanor, even if they've been charged. Usually they're not even charged. Doesn't matter if they're drunk, it doesn't matter what the hell is going on, doesn't matter if the if the if the blind person is hurt and or a dog is injured. Um, the fact is that uh, in, in virtually every case, it somehow it, it is is portrayed by lawyers and portrayed by police officers that the blind person is somehow at fault because oh, so he has to be. Yeah. Yeah. So those are those are at least some of the of the com- components of the white cane law. Um so i I guess my question is in in the states that we know about and we're going to open it up relatively soon you guys so start putting your hands up if you have opinions on these subjects but in in the states that we operate with do, do we do we gain enough from the white cane law to make it worth retaining
6: If you're asking
2: I'm asking group, you, Brian. Yeah. Okay. Uh, it costs nothing for it to be on the books. True. So there's no need to remove it. That's number one. Number two, um, I don't think the lack of it being used effectively uh, is, I don't think it's the law that's the problem. I think it's the lack of enforcement. And that happens a lot with law in general, mm-hmm. uh, our, our police officers are stretched to their limit. Um, you know, which do you want them to do? Spend time writing a tickets for a guy that almost hit a blind person because he wasn't looking or do you want him, uh, stopping, uh, a speeder or some other significant, you know, running a stoplight or something on those lines. Where do you want him to be? So I it's not an easy answer. It truly isn't. There's more laws on the books than we could possibly, possibly enforce. But some if, of them I don't a, want to be enforced. So but, under those circumstances, what do you do? But if a blind
1: person is supposed to have an advantage when crossing the street which, which we appear to be suggesting is negligible to non-existent, uh, it, are, aren't we actually putting blind people in danger by having a law in the books that A, isn't being enforced, that B, nobody knows about, and that C, therefore, may do more harm than good?
3: I understand that. I get Paul. I get what he's saying. Are we giving um, blind people false um, security by saying you're okay because um, your white stick (laughs) or your guide dog are going to um, alert drivers that you have the right of way? I wish there was some way that we could get um, awareness, never mind the law, which I don't think matters a hoot. But I wish that we could somehow uh, that whether it's ACB, whether it's all the local chap, the affiliates, the state affiliates. But I think awareness is so much more important than the law itself.
2: Well, so- we do a big White King Day Awareness Day here in Massachusetts every year. Um, It gets. A little bit of press, you know, in the bottom right corner of the last page. Yeah. Uh, so but, it doesn't it, it doesn't do that much educating except those who happen to be there at the moment of the White King Day, which we hold at the Boston Commons. So we couldn't if, get more public than that.
3: What if you were required to watch a video every time you had to renew your license? Like some, something like that would be, to me, so much more important than the law itself.
2: It could be a two-minute dis- I, I don't disagree. I, I, I like that idea. If, if I was into being devil's advocate, we are doing the same thing trying to get into the medical school um, curriculum, some understanding of how to interact with blind patients.
3: Yeah, uh, I and, and their
2: response is always, yeah. And their response is always, we don't have enough time to cover what we should be teaching these doctors. Right. It could nurses. be just,
3: yeah, I, I get it. I get it. And, and it is just on my wish list. That's all I'm just saying. No, that to you. me, that's what's so much more important than the law.
2: You know, I like the idea that two bodies need to learn one is certainly, the public about what a white cane means, and what their uh, moral obligation is not, don't worry about the legal obligation. They, mm-hmm. <laughs> they don't have time to say, Oh, if I run over this guy, he's got a white cane, that's gonna cost me 100 bucks. No, they're not thinking in that way. They, they just aren't. Um, but at the same time, we need to educate blind people that it is not a super shield for their that is it will allow them to cross knowing they're not in a crosswalk and being, uh, you know, listening to a conversation on their iPhone while crossing the street. Believe me, blind people do everything (laughs) sighted people do in being oblivious. pedestrians my biggest concern quite I, honestly I, I isn't in the roadway it's in are, the are more, or I I sure. are more careful i, I think blind people are more careful
3: i would never be listening to anything on my iphone but a navigation yeah. app that's assisting me right i would that would terrify me
1: but but let let me ask you guys another question and and, and again this is a question that I, I would encourage people to talk to me about where did you find out about the White Cane Law? Were you trained when you went through your 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 rehab center training or your training in high school? Or did you just sort of discover it in passing when you were preparing to do like White Cane Safety Day with your local agency?
0: The latter. The latter, the I last think, of those. Or, or maybe while we yeah. were preparing to do Tuesday topics. That's not true.
3: Yeah. That's not
0: true. But I can guarantee I didn't know anything about it up until, until I was in part of it. Oh, agency. absolutely. Mm-hmm. Yeah. We never how about were, you, Brian?
1: Yeah. Did, did did you learn about it at, at an agency?
2: I learned about it from my o instructor in the sixth grade. I was blinded yep. in the summer between my yep. fifth and sixth grade. Yep. So yep. that and first O and M instructor told me about it, but, but he also, during those lessons, saw people violate it. Oh yeah, while he was training all the time. Yeah. Oh yeah,
1: and you know, in in Florida, the the law actually says that blind people are supposed to hold their canes up in the air.
0: <laughs>
3: Oh, um, that
0: that's uh, safe. Oh, lovely!
1: I I, I don't Gee. I don't know of any blind person who does it,
0: or would admit to
1: and, it. And, and oh, yeah, and well, and maybe that's and maybe that's the reason why the law
2: is yeah. not enforced because we don't hold our canes up in the air.
3: <clears throat>
2: I wouldn't but, want to be the pedestrian coming the other way on that crosswalk. <laughs> that's right. What if right. you have a guide
3: dog? Does it does it talk about? Uh, no, the guide dog
1: stuff. The guide dog stuff is pretty reasonable, and it mm-hmm. does. It, it okay. was actually added to Section 413 okay. of Florida legislation. So uh, and, and it's actually it's actually pretty appropriate. The same the same penalties, the same language right. for, for guide dogs as, as applied to white canes. So it's fine. Um, I, I guess though, uh, that that th- that's another thing that we really should do. Why are we not saying to agencies, you have an obligation to provide this training to, to blind folks in terms of what's there, at least?
2: Yeah. I, uh, again, I haven't been in the hands of an O&M instructor in right. so long. Maybe that the answer I have no idea is. what current practice is.
3: Maybe, Maybe it th- is. Maybe the that, no. And, maybe the answer is that mobility instructors know that it's not being, um, it's not a law that's and, adhered to, and so they don't want to give their
1: why, students and, 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 and false I hope. False and, and see if that's the case, and and maybe we'll hear from some folks. But if that's the case, then 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 I think we're really at a place where we need to ask whether or not that that law is effective, because we we've all, I mean are there, there's all kinds of video evidence of filming that's been done for white cane safety day um in in uh, on busy places <clears throat> um that indicates that that cars pay absolutely no attention to it and there have been lots of times when people have been asked about the white cane law and they say the white what's that um they they have no idea and and i would I would suggest to you guys. That, that if we ask 70 or 80% of the motorists in virtually any state what the white cane law is, they're not going to be able, they, they wouldn't be able to tell us.
0: But they know what the white cane is. They do, I, you think? Think so. I think people. so. I think so. I think most people do. For sure. I mean, it's, yeah,
1: I I, th- I think most people know it's something that blind people use, but I don't think they know that there's a law that says that, that, that it indicates how they're supposed to behave when they see somebody with one trying to cross the street.
3: And the other problem is in the age of digital technology where we're at now, motorists are dangerous to any pedestrians, so much more so to a person who can't get out of the way, you know? Well,
1: and and and, and we're not talking about turn right on red and... Right, we haven't and, talked
3: about any of that. Right, and, Just and, them not and, and we're
1: certainly not talking about roundabouts. Mm-hmm. <clears throat> so... Uh,
2: so, so the other thing yeah. to keep in mind here is Sir. we have we're in danger from other things as pedestrians. Yes, we are. Bicycles. Yeah. I know more blind people that have been hurt by bicycles running into them than cars running into them.
1: Well, And and, and what about the scooters that are being left everywhere um, yep. on on sidewalks and in a range of other places? Uh, the, the truth is. It's becoming less and less easy and less and less safe, I think, um, for blind people to travel by themselves um, in in the community. Period.
3: Particularly with the Uh, cane, though. Right. Because yeah, yeah, but
1: but, I agree. Yeah, but if that's if that's the case, um, is it appropriate for us to ask places? to put in bunches of accessible pedestrian signals for us if we're not going to use them.
3: And that's another can of worms. Yeah, that is a big
2: can of worms. But here, I've just been put onto a committee in my town because we're reworking Watertown Square. Now there's uh nothing square about Watertown Square. I'm sorry to hear that. More like (laughs) a, a roundabout designed by the same people who designed a camel it just makes no sense whatsoever there are two streets that come in that have a median down the middle they have one street coming in over a bridge over the charles river they have two additional roads which merge with the existing roads less than a third of a block from the intersection here and that's the center of watertown so They are now going to, through a five-year process of redesigning it, now they're going to put into it, because that's how they get the funding, it's going to have a bus lane through it. Uh, Now, buses go through it now, but they don't have a designated lane. And bicycle lane through it. So to get to the bus, you have to cross the bicycle lane. also with those median strips it used to be that you would get to the median go up a slope yep and you'd know you were on the island yeah these days they're cutting corners and cutting those so that they're at road heights so you can walk right through it without even knowing that you went through it uh, and are going out on the other side uh so there's all these crazy things Uh, my street out here and then this next street over have just undergone a total reworks. And as a result of that, they're required to do certain things. Uh, you don't have to go out and retrofit something, but if you're redoing it, you have to do it right. And they've just put in apex curb cuts. Now, I don't know about you, Uh. but apex curb cuts are disaster- um, because you happen. can't necessarily line yourself up to cross the street, there's no straight edge to use there, there is to none. accomplish that. Uh, and we also have here in Massachusetts, several scramble corners. This is where uh, the lights are okay for people to go north, south, then the lights are capable of people to drive east, west, then everybody stops. and. Pedestrians can go
4: both directions. Kitty, corner,
2: kitty yep. corner, straight across the middle, from northeast corner to southwest corner. Um, and the timing is designed to benefit those who will do, who need to, and intend to do that. Right, And but it and really who, screws but, things up.
1: And and but but essentially, who are fast? I mean, one of the other realities is. Oh yeah is is we know that in most cases for for senior citizens or for uh even remotely hesitant blind people the timing on virtually every accessible pedestrian signal is too short so yeah
7: Yeah, so miss marianne
1: do we do we have any hands up who would like to talk to us about white cane strap
3: we have Jane T Jane Toleno went away okay so we have oh wait wait if she's back I'm gonna nope okay we have um area code 608 you may unmute this is Peter in Wisconsin hey
8: Peter I've just been researching this stuff myself so yep <laughs> um I was... Really disappointed to find out that uh, the, for a first offense, that the fine is as little as twenty-five dollars, um, yep, or up, uh, up to two hundred, and for a second offense, that uh, that goes up to five, a maximum of five hundred dollars. But that that's all they're doing, mm-hmm. and that um, uh, the driver test, <clears throat> driver uh, permit test, uh, is. Uh, the the white cane question is always on the test, but if you get it wrong, um, it is only the same penalty as getting any other question on the test wrong, and that there are no there are no questions that are automatic fails on the test. So um, it's a test of 50 questions. If you get 40 of them correct, um, that that uh, you that you get your permit, and it's like really 20% of the questions wrong, and that you still get your permit. And uh, they said, "Oh yeah," and uh, because the the um, it's just to get the permit. That the real test is the um, road test.
2: Exactly. And that on
8: the road test, they have they have a number of mandatory fails. And he said, you know, and if you happen to hit, hit a blind person with a cane while you're doing your road test, of course, you'd fail. And was oh, like, my yeah, goodness. It
1: gives me, gives me just all kinds of confidence. That's a good thing to know, Peter. Yeah. <laughs> feels so much better. Wow. Yeah.
8: Anyway, that, uh, I, that on, the, um, on the ACB webpage, it does show that Alaska takes four points. Uh, for Really? Uh, if, yeah. So. But, uh, well, that's excellent. Yeah, that's you know, excellent. A good reason to move to Alaska? Maybe not.
1: So, so do you have do you have, <laughs> do, you have um, <laughs> do you have feelings about how effective um, how effective the laws being enforced in Wisconsin, Peter? Do you know of any cases?
8: Um, yeah. Well, I mean, it. I I, I continue to meet people that. Uh, not only do not know what the white cane law is, but that um, uh, that they don't know what the white cane is. That uh, I have people ask me from time to time, um, what the white cane is for. And um,
1: um, the, in in Miami, since people rest- come mostly from other countries, they don't even call it a white cane. Is is you using a stick? Mm-hmm. Yeah, yeah.
8: But th- that coming out of a restaurant one day, that that uh, uh, one of the children of the family said, "So why does he have a white cane?" <laughs> and or actually he said, "What is what is it that he's that that he has?" And and uh, his mom said, um, "I'm not sure, but I think it means that he's blind." And then he said, "What's that mean?" <laughs> that,
3: um,
8: <laughs> You know, that uh, Mm -hmm. um, anyway, that that uh, I'm, you know, I I really think that if you're going to put the question on the on the license test, um, there should be any number of um, mandatory fail uh, questions. You get this one wrong. You fail the test. You got to go back and study again. And um, I think that should be one of the questions that is, uh, you get it wrong, it's mandatory fail, because um, I happen to remember when I was taking my driver's license test um, back in the day when I could see it well enough to drive.
5: Mm-hmm.
8: The uh, the question that's on the Wisconsin test says, if you see a person with a white cane crossing the street, you should A, honk your horn and accelerate, um, <laughs> it's like oh yeah that's the right answer um one one uh one of the choices was to stop uh stop get out of your car and help the person cross the street or stop within 10 feet of the person and it's like um it, it was anyway i i the question is ludicrous to begin with but that uh, yeah. it's like how can you get that question wrong
1: well well but that I mean they 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 organize it so that the other answers are so ludicrous that you almost have to pick the right one.
8: That's right. But but there're still people that get it wrong. That's what
1: but, uh, Yeah, and if and, and if they get it wrong, those people shouldn't be allowed to drive, period. That's right. <clears throat> I
8: think that's true. Um <laughs> more more intelligent questions would be helpful, but that uh, if you get that one wrong, you should not be able to drive.
1: I think that's right. Peter, thank you for your call, sir.
3: Thank
1: you. Yep, Miss
3: Marianne. We have Sharon. Sharon, Sharon, you may unmute.
6: Sharon. Okay. Um, this got... is Sharon Geddes in Shreveport, Louisiana, and minute, I think we ought to put. Either more teeth in the white cane law itself or in the ADA so that people know um, what it's for and what it's supposed to do. The other thing is these cars that are supposed to be uh, less noise or no noise at all are very dangerous.
1: I, I think they are. Now they are, they are supposed to at least the, <clears throat> the hybrid cars are are supposed to just about be at the point where they're being fitted with noisemakers. Um, I'm not sure that it's that it's happening right now. Miss Sharon, do you know anything about the law in Louisiana? I do
6: not. Um, although I had a student. Asked me a couple of years ago, hey, I just got my cane. Does that mean I can hold it out and walk across the street? I said, yeah, if you want to break your cane and get yourself killed, go right ahead. Because <laughs> the people here don't recognize a cane. You have to watch what you're doing and be aware of yourself.
1: Sure do so it so it's interesting <laughs> what what everybody seems to be saying is that it is that the even though there's a law in the books um people don't there it there don't doesn't appear to be any state that we've heard about so far where people think that most people actually know what the law requires and what it is so that's interesting that certainly suggests one one thing that we that we that we need to do better at. Ms. Sharon, thank you for your call.
3: Thank you, Miss mm-hmm. Marianne. Um, Ty-Ann has someone in clubhouse.
7: Hey, Tyann. Oh, not somebody, just me. Um, I actually am from Oregon. And- nice. go? <laughs> we um do a lot of education. We have a pedestrian safety coalition um that has been formed, and we go in different uh parks and walks um not just in october but all throughout the year and we have signs we have some people have shirts that uh have a big red stop sign and a person with a cane and the person with the guide dog and it says stop it's the law um nice yeah i have like one I of always, those shirts I always try to go to the walks because I'm one of the few of us that have a guide dog um, that are active in the coalition and so I represent guide dogs and so you know uh, yeah there is no penalty my husband his brother got hit by a car and killed nothing happened to him And um, so for the longest time, my husband would say when I was going somewhere, don't get hit. I said, I've been crossing streets since I was a kid. I know how to read traffic. You don't have to worry. I am so cautious.
2: Yep. You gotta be, you gotta be cautious. Yeah. So I got a question for all of the three of you right now. Uh, What is the maximum height you can put a fence, between you and your neighbor?
1: Um, I don't know the answer to that question.
2: I'm gonna
3: guess six feet, but I don't know either.
1: It's a uh, law. It, Miss
0: Tyann, you know? It is a law. I
7: don't, and but and it's different. Is, six.
0: is it different in every state? Nope. No. It is different
2: in every jurisdiction
7: are
0: oh
2: 362 cities and towns in Massachusetts and no two of them have to be the same. So I'm saying ignorance of the law the white cane law is not much different than many laws on the books. It only comes into play in a punitive way and we don't get enough of that punitive way when it comes to the white cane law. Well it's Isn't not that- it, Go ahead.
1: I mean, there, there is, there, there doesn't seem to be very much evidence that the punitive
2: part of the law <clears throat> happens very often. Exactly. Exactly. Um, now, but I, how but many I, fences do you suppose in your community uh, meet requirements?
1: I'm, I, I, I don't know. I'm, I'm guessing all of them.
2: Yeah, you're you're about as wrong as you can be (laughs) only if your neighbor complains that you put up too high a fence. Is it an offense if you're partying?
3: I'm not sure about that, though. Don't you have to get permits to get fences, which makes that even more um, difficult to break that law than to break the white cane safety law?
2: (laughs) Each jurisdiction. each jurisdiction you don't want to know how many people do things without getting the permits required to do them but but you're you're supposed to get a permit for offense though right
5: yes depending so, on the so
1: municipality every, so everybody who doesn't get a permit is is breaking the law
2: sure so what's the problem a lack of enforcement
5: uh,
2: uh, well but i think <clears throat>
1: I, I, I don't know. I think I think I think there's a fundamental difference between between a fence that may block your view of of, of what your neighbor's doing in, in his or her house and and and, and a law that, that assures people who are blind that that there is a degree of legal protection them crossing a street that in fact really doesn't exist
2: i think there's a big difference between the two mr brian i'm only using the analogy as the you know they say ignorance of the law is no excuse right we've all heard that adage yeah but the fact of the matter is we are ignorant of most laws I think
3: it's what I said though earlier. I don't think the law is so important as the awareness that you know we, we just yeah. need to. It's so much more important that we bring awareness as to what the white cane signifies and what it means to a, a driver and to a pedestrian and you know and a service animal. I think so we all agree it, that punitively, it's a kind of a joke.
2: The daily dollar short. Be,
1: it it used to be that. The president every year um, released a proclamation, kind of a White Cane Safety Day proclamation.
3: Right. That's true. He
1: doesn't anymore. No. he He now releases a proclamation during October that's called like Blind Employment Month or something like that. But it has nothing to do with white canes anymore. Um, I I would be interested in knowing why that is. But should we be concerned about that? Do you you think the president should be issuing a proclamation still, Mr. Wright,
2: about the white cane law? There are so many things. I sound like I'm playing devil's advocate all over the place here. I just realized. That has that um, every day of the week, every day of the year, yeah, is the it's day something. of something, yeah. And you buy calendars that give you a list of what's on today. It's national yeah. love your pet day, it's national get a cup of coffee day, it's a, whatever. Then these have all been dealt with by. Proclamations of one kind or another by one jurisdiction or another. So I don't put much faith in proclamations. Uh, they're interesting to read in the calendar. It was National Ice Cream Day the other day, you know? Yeah, White, White King Safety Day is on most
1: calendars, I think. It is. For October 15th.
2: True. Um, Hold on. On whose calendars?
1: I only calendars I've seen. I'm saying it's on... The calendars you've
2: seen.
0: Correct.
1: Most calendars that I've seen, yes.
2: And the ones you've seen were
1: designed to be read by whom? Oh, not not by blind folks. Uh, I don't think... Not by blind folks? No, no, no. no. I mean, like...
2: like, Then then how did you read them?
1: The the calendars that you get on... um, that you get, say, from from Google or from uh, yeah, internet um, based, yeah, 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 or yeah. G- generally, generally, are the calendars that I'm talking about. At least from my perspective, I'm not talking about blind calendars or or calendars. There's not enough for room for all that. impairments. Right, right.
2: And certainly not in the real only. Calendars. The only time I've seen them in calendars is for calendars for the blind. The NFB, it's always on their calendar that they give away every year. Um, It's also on the calendars when produced in accessible form by AFB or APH or any of those other entities as well. So that's where I've seen it pretty consistently. Of course those calendars also have Helen Keller's birthday. We we
1: will all wait with bated breath to see whether, uh, when is Helen Keller's birthday by the way? We will all wait with. <laughs> <laughs> so I don't know what Helen Keller's birthday is, but we will all wait with bated breath to see if White Cane Safety Day comes up on the Google calendar later this month.
3: Amazon knows it's what it is.
2: Sorry. Oh yeah, when oops, you asked. Sure. Sorry. Yeah, I just did. Sure. Sorry. <laughs> I am interested in in uh, one other question. What faith do you put in educating the community at large about anything of interest or value to blind people? None. I, I, I guess I've seen I, I guess I'm hundreds of millions of none. dollars, hundreds of millions of dollars have gone into Public service announcements
0: mm-hmm.
2: and and the like.
0: Some of them by Kenneth Journey and
2: yeah, but but by lots of entities. Yeah, and what is the likelihood that those have educated people out of their ignorance on the
1: subject of blindness? I think, I, I in the first place, I don't think that. I don't think that there have been very many public service an announcements um, in the last decade or fifteen years.
3: Not in the mainstream.
1: Um, right. No right. PSAs. PSAs went the way of the dodo. Dump. Yeah.
2: Yeah. But and, and I think, but when you see, I think, when you see people invest money, put out grants, we hear from our membership every once in a while. We should have some some. Uh, commercials made. They are so sick and tired of commercials for, for whatever, that they'd like to see us put commercials out there. But the fact of the matter is, the public is almost impossible to educate them out of any preconceived belief.
1: I mean, there are
2: saturation.
1: There are are hundreds. and, And I think that's accurate. There are hundreds of, of certainly audio PSAs um, that are available sure. on various websites throughout the country about White Cane Safety Day and, and the White Cane Law. There are. Yeah, um, sure. But, but the difficulty is that you make the damn things and you, you give them to radio stations and they say they'll play them and they never do. <clears throat> and, and, and so there, there is a huge disconnect there in, in that, whereas there used to be specific times when you could get those public service announcements paid, played, i.e. at night or on Sundays, um, that doesn't appear to be the case anymore.
7: So,
2: Again, the FCC regulations changed uh, in terms yeah. of the requirement of how many hours during right. the broadcast week these things had to be done. and. The reason we saw them mostly at night and on weekends is because that was the lowest listenership. And so they couldn't sell that minute. Uh, and they didn't have in the regs that much about what time of day but, or day of but, the week. But we, but we know, Brian, that that on a
1: lot of baseball broadcasts and on a lot of networks, there are there are loads of public service announcements, some of which are sponsored by federal agencies, some of which are sponsored by state agencies uh, that have to do with traffic safety um, and and the fact is um, the the fact is that we haven't been able to persuade them to do white cane law and and i think that's largely because <clears throat> it is organizations that are trying to do the persuading whereas it probably needs to be the state government that does it we need to suggest that they who do who do piles of PSAs, probably hundreds a year, on any given radio station, on on doing up your seatbelts, uh, on 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 the white cane law.
3: So good thought. Do we have
2: any other hands up? By the way, we have lots. Let, let's get um, to the get to have, the other people.
3: I'm going to give um, Jane Toleno her moment. Jane, it's you may Jane. unmute.
9: Right.
5: Am I here? Yep, you are. Yay. I don't have a lot to say about the law in particular, although I refer anybody to my twin sister, Mary Lee Turner, who is so alert and about it, where that law is concerned. And it's interesting to me, because as a totally blind person, I just figured you had to figure it out. And I am thankful to this day for the first orientation and mobility instructor with whom I ever worked at the Oregon State School for the Blind in a summer school program. He was Roy Brothers, and he said, Jane You have to pay attention all the time to what's happening in you, around you, and in the whole country. And my sister, who is legally blind, but partially sighted, is the one who is dramatically more involved in asserting what we needed to know about laws and how to work with them, and how to use them, and how to implement them in our personal lives. My I mean, where first.
1: Is, where is Miss Mary Lee now? She's she
5: she she's right there. She, she is, is right there. So I'm going to shut up and you all listen to her because she's right. on it. All right, Excellent. I'm going away. Yeah. Cool.
6: Thank you.
9: Mary Boy, what there what an opening! Hi, this is <laughs> yeah, Mary, There you go. Huh? And I I live in Oregon, and nice. it's amazing how can, can you hear me?
2: Yeah, we
1: okay.
5: can.
9: Thank okay. you. It's it's amazing how if you have been um if you have been hit by a car, um, it's amazing how that that changes your perspective. And no it happened to be that that Jane was on the phone when I got hit and she heard me yelp and my phone hit the pavement before I hit the pavement. So she was instrumental in me getting uh, 911 help from across the country. But um, so I am passionate about white cane safety and uh, serve in Oregon as the chair of an ad hoc committee that I encourage each, each, uh, uh, each state to create on your own, um, ours is the Oregon Pedestrian Safety Action Coalition. and it's like pulling teeth to get people to participate, representing agencies, organizations, um, support groups, that kind of stuff. But we have been um, we've been participating in this kind of activity for years where uh, you know every October 15th since 1964, where President Johnson declared white cane, October 15th as White Cane Safety Day, but we are promoting it as White Cane Safety every day, 24-7. And it, it just takes, you know, we get really discouraged because it's so hard to get people to come sit on one other committee. But um, we share what we've done. We have put together... Um, oh, Here's the word that I can never think of the name of Um, statements that each um, that our governor has um,
2: proclamations. Yay,
9: that's the word. I don't I have a total block against that word. But anyway, proclamations. There are some people in Oregon that are willing to listen, but not if it comes from the government. You know, that's just, you know,
6: yeah,
9: you got it. And there are other people that won't listen if it isn't from the government. So we just keep doing it over and over again. And I'm a retired mobility instructor, um, not certified, because when I was in the middle of doing it, nobody would take a visually impaired person uh, in their programs because, you know, my God, you know, we're blind. Let's, you know, Mm -hmm. you know, anyway. But um, what I say over and over again is that we need to be seen by the public over and over again. And unfortunately, people's initial response when they see somebody with a guide dog or a, um, a, a white cane or using a human guide is, oh, the poor dear," you know, and then you need to, you know, we need to, we need to be willing to be in conversations with them. Like the woman I met on a bus, I got on a bus one day in Eugene where I was living. And mm-hmm. as a mobility instructor, I was carrying about six canes of different height. To show a new client and this guy this woman burst into tears and she said oh my god you must be awfully blind and um, (laughs) i was i was really tempted to really really get some money out of this lady but i said oh ma'am you ought to come into my office why i have hundreds of things these and i've given them to people and teach them how to use it so anyway far more out of me than you probably ever wanted to hear but um it's something that I am very passionate about.
1: So, well, I, I think we have some questions for you, Miss Mary Lee. Okay. So, the, the first question is, uh, what do you feel you've gained by having the the pedestrian, uh, the pedestrian coalition?
9: What do I think I have gained, or the community? Not, uh, or gained?
1: well, Oregon. The community, or what is what is Oregon gained by having the the, the coalition? I mean, if, well, you were, if you were trying to sell it to another state, how would you do it?
9: Yeah. I'd say you you simply have to be out there, rain or shine, with, you know, walking with other people. And, you know, don't look all militant and, you know, pissed off. But, you know, hey, you know, be chatting. And um, last year when we did a white cane walk uh, in um uh, Along with the American Council of the Blind of Oregon's state chapter convention, we went, we were in Springfield and we went, we had flyers, you know, that say, Stop, it's the law, that are simple to read. And, you know, we walked in stores and people would go, Oh, thank God. I watch people get hit and near hit often on this corner. So thank you. So that the store owners are often, you know, very willing to put a sign in your win- in, in their window. Um, we still have not been able to get um, interaction or you know significant support from uh, the DMV, which is certainly where we ought to be. Um, wow. But anyway, that's my
2: answer.
1: Cool, uh, Brian. Any questions for Mary Lee?
2: Um, to me one of the big issues in my home state of oregon uh Mm -hmm. always was the inconsistency of sidewalks and their availability Mm -hmm. that impact on me i was uh, born and raised around oregon city area Mm -hmm. and uh, it's not uncommon for there to be quite a bit of stretch without any sidewalk even if you're in the suburbs, uh, sidewalks on the other side of the street or no sidewalk at all at a given intersection and trying to create a law that takes into consideration that you may be walking with your back. Let's say you're you're walking on the right-hand side of the road with your back to the traffic that's mm-hmm. coming alongside you and mm-hmm. you've got a cane in your hand
6: mm-hmm.
2: how easy is it to see that cane well now, it when de- i'm at right angles to cross yes right. my cane is very visible but not if you're so, coming from behind
9: so it depends on the the um the width of your arc you know they, they may catch it but it's it's always to your advantage to be walking towards the traffic Oh, absolutely, Even though, You know, that's a problem at night for those of us that have some some sight because the oncoming cars can can uh, really cause glare. But, you know, it's it's I sit on the um, uh, pedestrian advisory council or committee, whatever it is for this for, for uh, Portland Bureau of Transportation. Um, and, you know, I I. I always make myself known, a reminder. Okay, those signs are great, but they don't do me any good. How much good do they do the folks that are looking the other direction? You mm-hmm. know, so it, it just, it, we just have to keep, not just, but we have to keep consistently making our presence and our needs known. And it gets really old, but.
1: Yep. Thank you for all that you do. Um, You know, the the truth is that if we had more advocates like you in a bunch of states, we would probably be doing much better at, at making our law well understood. So thank you so much for all you do.
9: You're welcome. And I this committee I have wanted to get in touch with and say, let's work together. You know, so please, whoever is facilitating this call. I'm sure mm-hmm. you can figure out how to get a hold of me. Um, if you know Jane, you can find me.
1: <laughs> I I I will I will get in touch with Jane and we'll encourage some others to talk with you. Thank okay. you so much, Miss Mary
9: Lee. You are very welcome. Take care. I'll continue Ms. to Mary, stay on.
1: Yeah. Yep, thank you. We have
3: Jane Perry.
6: Yep. Hello.
2: Hello. Hey there.
10: How are you? This is your friend from Falmouth, Massachusetts, on Cape Cod. And nice. hello. A couple of things. We're having National White Cane Awareness today, uh, Day on this coming Friday at the stay House. <clears throat> and nice. we've had it for a while. We've had it in virtual, but this is the first time we'll be back in person. However, I can't go because I'm wearing a knee replacement.
2: <laughs> oh, dear. And
10: also, that's all right. I know it's going to be working out. But anyways, I can't walk that far. As far as um, you talked about when the white cane came about, I am a lion, and I belong to Blind Lions, um, ACB Lions. And I believe Mm -hmm. it started in 1930 by the Peoria, Peoria, Illinois Lions Club. And I really believe in the white cane law, even though it's not um, the word I want to use. Not. Um, invoked or whatever, enforced Enforced,
5: all the time.
10: Thank you. Thank you, Mr. Bryan. However, I still believe that we need more awareness, especially in driver education. Do you know in the state of Massachusetts, in the driver's learner's education book, there is nothing anymore? Used to be when I took my learner's test and when I had friends, but there is nothing there at all anymore. There's a page because yep. I belong to Transportation Committee stuff and Brian knows I'm an advocate for transportation mm-hmm. as well as other advocate issues that there is a page for bicyclists rules and regulations and there's a page for motorcyclists along with other rules and regulations. So when you go to take your learner's permit there's no question on the Massachusetts State Learners Test permit test.
2: There was. When did it yes. change?
10: At least 20-25 years ago. Because there's nothing yeah. in the learner's permit there's nothing in the learner per- permits manual. If you go to the police station and ask for the learner permit booklet, there's nothing in there. Nothing. Zippo. Used to be on page two. It's not there. Because I have a copy of the most recent one with my transportation stuff. My brother in law lived in Florida up until about ten years ago. Mm-hmm. And he got stopped speeding. And I believe in Florida, if it's so many over the speed limit, you get charged so much per like $5 or whatever, $5 per five limit over the speed limit. So they said to him, $25.
1: Yeah.
10: Yeah. He said, you can either pay the, the fine or you can take the test. He said, I'll take the test. He studied for the test. To my knowledge, he didn't have any questions in there. However, when he went to take the test, because he has a sister-in-law meeting me who was who visually impaired and knows about this stuff and has been instrumental in educating them along mm-hmm. with other issues. He said, thank goodness, Janie, there was two questions on it. And I said, Jeffrey, did you get them right? He goes, absolutely. <laughs> <laughs> and the That's other thing excellent. is, the other thing is people, like my, my story that I want to tell about the white cane is this lady that she said, I've had young kids say to me, go, mommy look that lady's got a fishing pole <laughs> <laughs> there you go <laughs> and i learned about the white cane law when i had o m from the mass commission for the Blind. and i started Excellent. learning I used, I used i've used my white cane for the last 35 years because i've been visually impaired for 36 years and i go everywhere with it everywhere and Excellent. i don't leave home with it when i take when i go out when i know i'm not going with anybody that's like it be a sighted guide I pack an extra one in my backpack. So I thank you for this very important phone call. I know it's very con- controversial, but it must be needed. And I hope that maybe the ACV pedestrian environmental access board might take some action or get this going because we need some more awareness about this. Otherwise yep. we're going to be dead ducks.
1: <laughs> and <laughs> thank you for your feedback. You're welcome. And, and, um, bye bye. And, and- and we're larger than ducks.
10: We, well, some <laughs> people think we are. Some people not. Depends upon.
2: But, you know, when you <laughs> live care. on Cape
10: Cod, you have all kinds yep. of people that come to visit you three months out of the year. And let me tell you, we stay off the roads as much as we can <laughs> until the season <laughs> over.
3: <laughs> Bye. I hear
1: I hear that. Take care. Bye-bye. Miss, Miss Marianne.
3: Nicolette.
11: Nicolette. Oh. Hi, there. Hi there. Um Hi. Hi, my, my my dad started losing his sight about, oh, gosh, 40, 50 years ago. And I finally got him to come to the lighthouse in San Francisco in 1998, the year that my mother passed away. She had macular degeneration, but it wasn't quite so bad. And when Molly came in as Molly Irish came in as the activities director a few years later, she noticed that my dad, he did have a bit of sight left. But when, when I was totally gone. But he had a support cane and it it fit his hand. And she said, "Um, would you like to have a a white cane? He said, no, he said, I need the support. So she took his cane, which was a black cane, and she put white tape around it and she put red tape around it. And so all these years until the other day when I was looking up stuff, I didn't realize what the red and white meant because I had seen red and white canes before. So I found out the other day that the white cane totally It's for total, totally blind people. The red added is for people who are legally blind. But then there's another one that I had never seen nor had I ever heard about. And it's like a barbershop thing. It goes round and round and round and it's red and white and it curves around the whole cane all the way to the bottom from the top. And that is for deaf and blind people. So I thought I would share that because um, I've been, you know, I've been hanging out with blind people practically since I was born. And I didn't know that, and I'm 78 years old. So <laughs> I just thought I would pass that along. Thank you very so, much. This so is a wonderful where, where, program.
1: Where did you find the information about all these different canes?
11: Oh, I was just Googling White Cane Day because I'm going down to the um, the California Council of the Blind, or not, not <laughs> the California School for the Blind on Thursday for their celebration. And I'm going on the Bridge Walk uh, in San Francisco The Golden Gate Bridge. Well, actually, I'm not walking because I'm having a bit of trouble with my hips, but I'm going on the shuttle and then they're going to walk across and I'm going back to Chrissy Field to help out serving food and stuff like that. So we're having a celebration starts at 830 and it ends at about two or three in the afternoon. And then the one at the California uh, School for the Blind goes from 11 to 3. So I'll be going down there with uh, several people. And when Christy Christman was up here, she and I went down there together. And we had the most wonderful tour, the most wonderful time. And that's when I found out about these other activities. So there you have it. Thank you so much. Excellent. Thank you for your call. And this is a great program. I'm even thank missing you. my French class right now to be able oh, to well, listen to the rest of this. <laughs>
1: Merci beaucoup, madame. Madame. Ah, y a C'est course. très bien. Miss uh, bon. <laughs> right, uh, Oh, I'm <laughs> um, Kathy
12: Blackburn. You
3: may, on Hey, Kathy.
1: We're about to hear from Texas, y'all.
12: Okay. Uh, this is Kathy Blackburn, and I just looked on the calendar that's on my Braille Note Touch, and which which is the first blindness calendar I have seen that does not show. White cane Day or there used to be a white cane week in May I think yep. I remember it's neither one of those is on here um, but neither but neither are all those national white you know not national ice cream days and all that nonsense yeah, yeah.
1: how about um, how about Helen Keller's birthday <laughs>
12: well I, I remember that it's June but I don't remember exactly which day
1: that's excellent. <clears throat> we and we and of course we know Louis Braille's is January fourth, and so we're not going to forget that. But uh, yep, Miss Kathy, how how is uh, how's the white cane law in Texas?
12: Um, well, I think it's still here. I think NFB actually now calls it something else, but I didn't have a chance to. I didn't think about it in time to Google for it now. And I haven't looked lately. There there was a White Cane Day website that there used to be, but I haven't I haven't yep, looked there, for it lately.
1: Yep, there sure used to be. Miss Kathy, uh, thank you for your call.
12: Thank you.
0: This late uh-huh. breaking bulletin, Paul. Helen yes. Kellen Helen Keller was born on june 27, eighteen eighty. Thank mm-hmm. you. Are we uh, excited? That's, that's
1: that's what I like. See, Tuesday Topics provides all sorts of Unasked information. information. It does. (laughs) It is
0: just amazing.
1: But, uh, (laughs) uh, Miss Marianne.
3: We have Dexter.
4: Yep. This isn't so much a comment on that, but, um, what are your guys' thoughts on the fact that anymore, you know, you go to get a white cane and you know, you have choices of, you know, blue, purple, red, you know, pink, whatever, um, for the canes, rather than the normal white and red. Well, we've been told in Florida
1: that people who use those canes, the blue ones and the pink ones and others, are not covered by the law. That 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 the law speaks specifically to white canes with red tips um has is that essentially your view in Massachusetts and Pennsylvania Marianne and Brian? Absolutely. Yeah.
3: I'm so, I will hold my answer on that until I can look at it.
1: Yeah. So it but but in general I think I think there are there are loads of people who who want other canes There <clears throat> there 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 is there is a big movement that's that's going around the country for people who are not legally blind yet, but have vision loss who want to use yellow canes. Um, and but but they will not be covered
4: by the law, as I understand it. So so, so well, I know that, in Montana the law is very specific, you know, that with regard to white cane,
1: white cane, red tip. Yeah. Yep. 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 Yeah. Yep. And any any other comments on how things are going in Montana in terms of white canes? Do you uh, do you think all those cow folks know about white canes?
4: <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> um, it's been a long time since I you know actually took a driver's test or that to to know right. you know it used to be in the stuff and that. And to be yep. truthful, I spend more of my time in India than in the U.S. now, so. You know, I really don't keep up on on the laws and that, but uh you know, when I went to get myself some more canes to take back to India, you know, that was one of the things I noticed was, you know, they came in, you know, green, yellow, blue, gold. Yep, you know, etc. etc. etc.
1: Now what about what about white canes in India? Are there are there laws in India for, for white canes that you know about?
4: Not that I know about, uh, but be truthful. Um, when when you're walking in India, ninety percent of the areas you're walking in the street. Okay, as a blind yes, person, exactly, you have to have someone guiding you because, like when my wife and I lived in New Delhi, and that when we would go somewhere, we're walking in amongst cars, motorcycles, bicycles uh pedal rickshaws yeah. uh etc etc
1: not not to mention food stands and other things that are and, that and are you're in, weaving in back and forth right you know exactly. trying to
4: avoid everything and so <clears throat> i mean i've had my i do always use a two inch ball tip in India right uh and you know because that doesn't get stuck in as many potholes <laughs> but right. i've had uh Two of those run over even when I'm standing with it, you know, like three inches from my foot, uh on a corner waiting for traffic.
1: Yep. Scary stuff. Thank you so much for your call, sir. Thanks for being here. Excellent, Miss Marianne.
3: Um, so we have um Peter has his hand up again. Mr. Peter. Um,
8: just, just a couple of things. Um, when you get a fence permit, uh, to build a fence, uh, the, the height restrictions depend on the porosity of the fence in the first place, but that, um, yes, it's, um, highly, you're, you're supposed to get a permit before you do it, that there are all kinds of municipal laws, state and local. Um, and I think that there are federal laws even on placing fences, but that, um it gets really really uh um that they really enforce the laws when you get near the street and you you're especially if you're on a corner that you're only allowed to have a fence at the corner that's three feet high otherwise drivers can't see over the top of it to see oncoming traffic and those fences are um highly enforced so um that's, that's part of it. But that as we've been talking, that I had a meteorology professor in college. and uh, he said that every time that he taught a class on the dangers of um, electricity and uh, weather and rain, that he would teach people um, you know all, all the stuff that they needed to know to keep from being struck by lightning or being electrocuted in case of a fire or a storm, And he said he'd get about halfway through the class and uh, everybody would be asleep. And so he determined that the only way to really teach people was not how to not get struck by lightning, but how to get struck by lightning. And so he had this amazing class of, um, you know, if you're if you're uh, out in a rainstorm and you need to, you're trying to get struck by lightning. The best thing that you can do is go out on a golf course, and find a fence, and get a bunch of people, and take off all your clothes so that you're standing wet in the middle, and then take all the the uh, insulation off of your putter and hold it as high in the air as you possibly can, and uh, and then your odds of getting struck by lightning are so much higher. And of course, we're all laughing and uh, just about rolling on the floor by the time we're done. Um, I'm wondering if maybe that's the problem is that we continue to uh, create public service announcements of how not to get struck by a car or what drivers need to do, but that maybe we should start sending um you know when you see a white cane maybe this is the time to uh, honk your horn exceed uh, accelerate and and get out of the way as soon as possible and um uh, to to flip the to flip the message of um yeah. and and to horrify people anyway that's
1: that's, that's, that's an interesting got. that's an interesting point peter thank you yep thanks and, yep <laughs> anybody else was right
3: yep Kath, uh, Mary Lee has her hand up again.
1: Mary Lee, the Oregon. Thanks lady. for
9: calling on me again. So I just wanted uh-huh. to let you know that in Oregon, it is um, the law for white uh, for white cane safety is only for canes that are white. And my yes, understanding, from the research I've done, but I can't quote you as to where I got it. The original white canes were used by people who were hearing impaired and they had chartreuse, which is a green on the bottom of the cane. And then um, blind people uh, made that connection and went, hmm, we ought to do it too. So they started putting red or nothing on their white canes and that upset the uh, hearing impaired community. So they quit doing it, which is too bad because they could certainly benefit from the use of, uh, of, you know, a white cane in some situations. Certainly deaf blind folks. Good. Mm-hmm. <clears throat> cool. Thank you, Miss Mary Lee. You're welcome.
3: Pennsylvania does specifically say white
2: cane. Very good. Doesn't, doesn't mention red tip.
3: No, specifically just says white cane and service animal. And you're clear, gotcha. Paul. You have no other hands right now.
2: Very good. So oh, I want to. But oh, Teresa
3: me. just oh. raised her hand. Do you want to finish, Brian? No,
2: no. Go, go ahead, ahead Teresa. Teresa. There you go, okay. Teresa.
13: Okay. I just want to say I like the um, you know the marshmallow tips the best when yep. I travel with a cane. Because before I uh, just had the you know regular, um, I guess you call it the pencil type of tip, you uh-huh. know, real mm-hmm. skinny, and they would always forever get caught in a crack in the sidewalk, and of course the the handle part would always jab. I'm short, anyways, and it would jab me in the ribs. And I, I and I found the rolling, you know, the rolling tip, marshmallow tips to be uh, very helpful. This way I can and you know, I can feel the text, you know, the surface that I'm traveling on. And, you know, for me, those, just those, um, I just find that um, helpful, and beneficial for my sake.
1: Excellent. Some people and, didn't and
13: think I needed. Go ahead.
1: Mm-hmm. What can you tell me about um, the white cane law in Arkansas? Is it, is it different from what we've been talking about or is it about the same?
13: It's about the same. In fact, Friday, they're going to have a a white cane safety day over at World Services. They'll have a program. Um, I won't be able to attend in person, but I will attend on Zoom. And so I'm looking forward to that. Last year, it was either last year or year before I went, and they read the um, proclamation that President Lyndon Johnson um, proposed, you know, proclaimed back in 1964 you know, Mm -hmm. about the white cane safety day.
1: That was a long time ago.
13: I remember, yes, I remember one year um, at my job, I told my then um, supervisor that I said, did you know this week is white cane safety week? And he was like, no, I didn't know that. (laughs) I thought, well, Mm -hmm. gee, maybe I was, uh, I didn't know what I was, you know, I was just sharing something. I thought, I think I educated some people.
1: There you go. That's a good thing. That's a good thing. Thank you yeah. so Thanks much for your, for your call, call Miss Teresa.
13: Well, certainly.
1: From from Jacksonville.
13: Is <laughs> in Arkansas.
1: That's yeah, right.
2: <laughs> so we are clear, Miss Marianne. You are, Paul. So I wanted to say one thing, if I may, Paul, and that is what I what I got out of this evening so far is the patchwork nature of it all. Patchwork yes. not only in terms of, you know, no two states are exactly the same in how they worded the law and that kind of thing, but also patchwork in not only the public's knowledge, but our own knowledge of things. I've heard things here today, which I, uh, which people state as fact that I think is not necessarily so. So uh, I know for a fact that this idea of the green tip cane, what did you call it, chartreuse tip cane? I I spent a lot of time with uh, BZ Benson, who did a lot of research dealing with things like audible traffic signals and the like. An O&M instructor par excellence. Right. Yeah. And she informed me that deafblind people were the ones using chartreuse tips. Right, But her, her concern was with how few people as there are out there who know what the white cane is or white cane with the red tip, the likelihood that people are going to pay attention to the color of things and say, oh, that's a person who can't see and can't hear is almost... Probably is zero, right? Yeah, is is zero. So we have to be careful when we say things uh, that we are educating people. Sometimes we're we're educating them slightly off center because we we've only learned informally these kinds of things and applied them uh, through the school of hard knocks. I just tried to knock on a. On a can seat. That's not good. <laughs> can sometimes
1: be very hard knocks.
2: Yes, very hard knocks, exactly. So, anyway, I, I would
1: like to, um, I'll be right with you, Ms. Marianne. Yep, I, would, I, I would like to um, suggest and, and see if you guys agree with me that while people recognize that the white cane law is problematic. There is an awful lot of, there is a, an awful lot of, I, I guess the right word is belief that the law ought to continue to exist. And so I, I think that we might actually do ourselves some good if we spent the, the last segment of this program talking about some things that we can do. Uh, to actually make the White Cane Law better. And I'm going to ask Brian a a first question. Because because there is, the the White Cane Law is essentially state laws, does that suggest that ACB National ought to have nothing to do
2: with it or, or not? No. No, I think ACB certainly can have something to do with it. You know, you had mentioned earlier Right on Red, that whole business. Yes. And how did the federal government get involved in Right on Red? Do you remember? I do not. If you made certain changes, you did not qualify as a state for transportation funds, Ah. federal transportation funds. So it wasn't it was a form of a do it this way or don't do it that way or you won't won't see the green and i think that there may be some ways for our federal government through the transportation uh, department to invoke some things to create at least a uniform set of laws by drawing up a a uh a model law and saying your your state law qualify for federal funds your state law must comply with at a bare minimum what's in this model law
1: right and 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 there was an effort a long time ago say 15 20 years ago within acb to try to do that i i know that at one point we had collected virtually all of the state laws and we're taking a look at them with a view to making a a model law available to folks and i and i think that that's still something that the either the transportation committee or the uh or or the uh what is the other committee called brian uh the uh, anyway the 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 the, the the access committee
5: yeah
1: yep Yep. (laughs) i think either one of them either one of them i think i think ought to seriously take a look at at white cane laws with a view to making some recommendations to to our affiliates i i i i think there may even be a resolution on the book somewhere that was passed a long time ago that that suggests that Um, i also wonder if we might have more success nationally um, trying to promote the gathering of statistics about accidents involving the White Cane Law, which which would then apply to all of the states and and individual states, wouldn't wouldn't have to uh, wouldn't have to do it all. Um, I also think that that um, there are there are at least four things that 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 states can be working on in terms of publicity <clears throat> there are an awful lot of people who are blind who live in communities where there where there are high school driving programs and i am prepared to bet hard cash money that if you as a local chapter of the american council of the blind were to say to the the folks who teach that driver education um can i come and talk to your class for five or ten minutes uh, about the white cane law and and give them out uh, a a one or two page document that explains what it is the answer is going to be yes so it's something that's pretty easy to do uh, at a local level and 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 in virtually every community throughout the country and if all of us did that. It's amazing how many more people, at least in the next generation, would have some notion of what the white cane safety law looks like.
5: Absolutely. Uh,
1: <clears throat> I continue to think that we can we we need to continue to to, to demand that um, that the white cane law be a part of the the license manual. And that questions are are there in, in every state, um, and I think and I think it's really important that our state folks get get hold of people and say, is this the case? <clears throat> and if it's not, and if you're getting nowhere with folks, um, talk to your legislator because the truth is, this is one of those things where it's not going to cost anything, and where your legislator is going to feel, you know. I can really gain a lot from all these blind people who I'm helping um, if I just call this office and say, "Look, whether you want to do it or not, just do it," because again, it's not going to cost um, the 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 folks at at the state level very much to incorporate these questions or to or to incorporate stuff in the manual. And and obviously, I would say. Wait till you're going to next print the manual. Wait you're, till you're doing the next revision. You don't have to do it immediately, so you got to throw stuff away. Um, I think. I think the third thing that we can do is, I think we can uh, we can get in touch with our local agencies that that provide services to blind people and the Division of Blind Services, and say to them. Um, Can you give out to every single blind person who's here in an accessible format that they can use or provide training that they can use on what the White Cane Law is? Because I think the fact is there are loads of blind people who don't know what the White Cane Law is. I think that we need to continue to say to local police officers, and God knows there are, are a bunch of local police authorities. Um, we we want to have the opportunity, and maybe it can be at White Cane Safety Day every year, but we want to have an opportunity to speak to a, a a training program of some of your officers who are on the street, at which time we will give out just one pagers that these guys can look at that that talks about the White Cane law. And regardless of what the penalties are, it seems to me that if we do all of these things, we're going to make a huge amount of difference in the degree to which people will know what the law is all about. What do you guys think?
3: I agree with all of that, Paul. Again, it goes back to making people aware. And I think those are all really good good ways to do it.
0: I I agree. Because something needs to be done. We've sort of let this waffle for. Years and and somebody needs to spearhead this to make it viable,
1: Mr. Bryan. Any other thoughts from from you about other things we should be doing?
2: So much of what's going on in my universe here is road construction, Mm. and every time they modify the way a road works, they create. a part of that that endangers me. You know, I, that bicycle lane I was describing earlier. To catch the bus, I've got to cross a bicycle lane that's only demarc- Only demarcation is paint on the ground. Uh, it's going to, blind people are going to die or be badly hurt by bicycle, uh, right bicyclists. Um, so I think we need to get ourselves involved on the state level in the regulations associated with the construction of roadways. Um, well,
1: and, and, I, and I would also take the point from Our, Our Lady in Maryland. I think <clears throat> that if there are pedestrian coalitions, we should be involved in those because they can be powerful. Pedestrians in, in a lot of communities are asking, for more um, consideration uh, with road construction, and and if we can persuade them to incorporate the White Cane Law into what they're asking for, um, we, we're we're likely to have a much broader voice if if we intervene with them.
3: We're always better off if we join coal- coalitions.
1: Yes, yeah, I think that's I think that's a good plan. <clears throat> Um, I, I think also that, that, um, that if folks from our national committees that have jurisdiction over these things are listening, um, it would be really cool if, um, if you guys would take an interest in, in trying to develop what, what would amount to a model white cane law, because I, I gotta tell you, I think that that is still pretty easy to sell, um. You know, most legislators would like to be doing something nice for blind people and model white cane laws don't cost any money. Um, And and so I think, again, you're going to you're going to find that if there is a model white cane law that will do a better job of providing protections, that will do a better job of ensuring that there's a better understanding of the law, because we could incorporate all of the stuff that we've talked about tonight as things that we ought to do into a new state law, you know, a law that would require the white cane law to be a part of training programs. Part of the law could require that, that statistics be kept on, on accidents involving people who are blind using canes or dogs. <clears throat> All of those things could be incorporated into a model law at no cost to the state. And those kinds of laws, it seems to me, are gonna be pretty easy to persuade state legislators to pass if they are minded to do that. Now, I thought we had one other we hand do. that went up, Ms. Area and- code
3: 770. You may unmute, yes.
14: there you
6: go.
1: Hey, Janet.
14: Hi, hey. did you know it was- <laughs> Yes, yeah, 770. Before I comment on Teresa's comment, I wanna say what you said, Paul, if everybody did that awareness in high schools and communities all over the united states could be benefited by that
13: yep that's
14: that's a simple simple thing and and i actually thought when you said that i'd like to do that here in our county Yep. but um i want to comment on what teresa said about the pencil pencil stick canes hitting her ribs I had so many black and blues on my ribs using my canes in Europe with the cobblestone roads. Every time I hit a cobblestone, it came back, hit me in the hip and I was black and blue all over. And I kept thinking, why can't somebody invent a cane like my ski pole? Because when I was skiing, I would I would do slalom ski racing and you're, you're skiing fast. So every time I would hit maybe a mogul or a bump and it would jar me back constantly, I found a ski pole that had a spring in it. And it never jarred me any longer because whether I hit a mogul or not, or a high or a low point, my cane was flexible. And so then I found a cane, a white cane with a red tip, and it had a spring in the red tip. And every time I used it in Europe, it was magnificent because whether I hit a cobblestone or not, the tip flexed and it never threw me back, never threw me off the sidewalk, the street. It was the most marvelous cane. And then I met a blind man in Italy and I gave him my cane.
1: <laughs> I don't think I've ever seen one of those. Have you seen one I of I just
3: right? heard about that recently. Yeah.
2: yeah? Oh, I'm I not sure
3: what they it. are, but I heard about it.
2: Do you I, remember I found, where it was manufactured? You you got it when I you were in other, Europe.
14: No, I don't know they no. were manufactured in Europe because I came back from Europe and I found another one. So it's it's marvelous, except I have to say that the rubber around the red tip, twice. I've had five of them already. <laughs> it's, three of them split, the rubber around oh, no. the cane. Well, one of them was my own fault because I put my backpack on the cane handle and I stood it up and then <laughs> it split the bottom of the cane. <laughs> so that was my own fault. I learned that way. But um, they're the most marvelous canes. And if people are not just traveling in Europe on cobblestone or they're hiking, they're really wonderful because they don't, they don't jar you back. So that's what I wanted to say about that. And I wanted to ask Brian because he talked about going to early in the program, going to the baseball game, the Red Sox, I think it was. Yes. And you had a, a different color cane for that. My concern and my question to all of you is, there's so many young ones now at the conventions. I see them at the national conventions with these funky canes and purple and blue and all of that. And my mind keeps going back. Why don't they stick with a white cane with a red tip so people know they're blind canes? Um, do you have anyone have comments on that?
2: I believe the only way we're going to teach the general public that's a blind person is if you make it as simple as possible. One size fits all. Like I said, I I used mine, but I only used it when in the ballpark as a fan. And it was more for waving in the air when we got a home run than it was for mobility.
14: Because I think that's the, that's the key that people need to understand. That white cane with the red tip is a symbol to them. They need to understand. They have to do something when they see that. And if we're it's if the, we have young ones or people promoting all these other canes, I think they're defeating our purpose. Here,
1: here's here's the difficulty, Janet. Um, there are bunches of people out there who don't want to be quote blind unquote and so so that's why there are at least two groups who who want to be recognized by the color of the cane they use as having a certain level of vision that um, that that is 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 not blind so, the, one cane is is legally blind, but not totally blind. And another color is is not even legally blind, but visually impaired. Um, so, yeah, so it's so it's 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 interesting. Um, but I think I, fact, isn't I, it? I, but I, fact? I think you're right, though. Yeah, you know, I absolutely yeah. think you're right that the only <clears throat> the only cane that's covered by the law is a white cane with a red tip. And in fact, one of the reasons I might not want to change the law is because there might be some of these crazies who want yellow canes and pink canes to be included.
14: <laughs> so if somebody got hit and they, for example, were crossing a street and they did not have a white cane with a red tip and they had a, a purple with a, a pink tip, would, yeah. would be, well, what would happen there legally?
1: Well, they wouldn't be covered by by the White Cane Law, you know. If if somebody saw the accident and they thought that the driver was,
2: was negligent, anyway, right?
1: Then then they could be charged with negligent driving or reckless driving, but not under the White Cane Law. Ah, Miss Janet, mm. thank you for your call.
14: Oh, you're welcome. Okay, thank you for the show. Yep.
3: We have I think Janice. We have some more hands up, Miss Janet. Janice. Uh, I have a comment. Uh, One is I agree it should be white cane and a red tip with all the different colors people want to use, which I've actually never seen personally, I don't think. But if if people want to use it, how would – it's hard enough to educate people with a white cane with a red tip. How are you going to educate people? Well, if it's a purple cane, if it's this color tip, or this group and that group, it's you won't be able to how are you going to educate the public with all that
12: to know the difference yeah.
1: no I, I i agree with you i i think you're i think you're absolutely correct <clears throat> where are you from if you if
2: want I'm, to bling,
1: uh, i mean,
3: i'm go from ahead. here from st petersburg florida
2: very good there you go um i think that if people want to bling up their cane do it in the area that you're gripping the cane in
1: with your hand uh, Yep. Yeah.
12: Do it with your hand up. Yeah.
7: Yes.
1: Yeah. Put stars and, and, and or and stripes or whatever. And or whatever. Yeah. Right. Right. Yeah. Right. yep, yeah. 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 Fair enough. Thank you so much for your comments and your call.
3: And Kathy Blackburn has her hand up again.
1: Miss Kathy.
12: Yes. Um... Okay, the the org website still exists. It mainly talks about uh, activities in Austin and some other Texas cities, that, you know, in regard to the white cane. And there are all different that, different some different days that people are celebrating it. Uh, in Austin, mm-hmm. it'll apparently be the 18th of October this year. Um, and I Looking down at the bottom of the website, it apparent it's apparently is the case that NFB is now calling it Blind Americans Equality Day.
1: Yeah, and and that's what the or, or that's the kind of thing that the that the president at the national level has has um has uh, has started to do proclamations about too. Um, so it's interesting. <clears throat>
12: <laughs> and the other thing regarding the uh, colorful canes, and I, and I didn't look around to see whether this website still exists, but the ones with all the, the, there was a, a man who wanted people to, maybe get a cane that, showed off what their favorite sports team was, or. Maybe if you liked music, you would get one with musical notes going all up and down it, and all oh, these no. things. And that was called custom canes. Custom had a K, cane may have too. You know, because I'd have to. I have had have, haven't looked recently to see whether that site still exists. But and I'm not even interested. Yeah, that's exactly
2: where I got mine done. <laughs>
1: no.
12: Okay. That that was all I had. Thank you.
1: Thank you, Miss Kathy. So, so I think that that there are actually a couple of other uh, questions that are out there. Um, do we think that the penalties that exist for white cane laws, for the most part, are sufficient? Um, you know Pennsylvania charges 3 points apparently <clears throat> Alaska charges 4 points if you're found guilty um I, I don't know how many people would be found guilty but but should there be greater penalties for violating the white cane law what 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 do, what do people think
2: Brian well i have to tell you that uh i think that you need to take a look at what the penalties are uh, from a traffic perspective and what kind of fines go with uh, breaking those laws. If you run a red light uh, or stop sign, which clearly endangers people, right? What what penalties are they? And we need to see whether or not the white paint penalties are significantly lower than that then i would agree on increasing them that they they are they need to be in uh, appropriately compared to existing ones i don't think quite honestly that making a first offense a thousand dollars one i don't think it's going to pass um but the the other (laughs) The other thing is, um, do you really pay more attention to a law that has a bigger fine to it? Just well, in the what, human what, condition. What what uh,
1: what was interesting is, um, and I I I can't remember precisely who I was talking with, but I was talking with someone who used to work for a a county. In, in the in in the law enforcement field. And they began to enforce people running red lights using cameras. And what they would do is they would send out a ticket and say, Okay, <clears throat> you owe us $250 and we have the camera evidence that you that you ran this red light. And um, she said that she doesn't think that it it made very much difference um, that there was that that there were uh, what the penalties were but but because there was a fine that you essentially had to pay the next time you were going to be more careful. And so I think she was kind of suggesting that one of the things that that maybe we should do with the white cane law is get it enforced by cameras. If we did that, um, our our municipalities would get rich very quickly and, um, and, and drivers would get poor very quickly, but would also know what the white cane law was.
2: One of the things that happens here in Watertown is all handicap parking fines go to the city commission on disability, and they have have sole discretion on how to spend the funds as long as it's to benefit those with disabilities. What would happen if you had a law like this with a significant fine, but all monies raised through those fines had to go to uh, public education?
1: or 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 to disability stuff but public education would certainly be interesting. I would support something like that. Um any other thoughts Mr. Larry?
0: I would not object to any of those things because I think they're all positives. Mhm. I think that'd be fine. Mhm.
1: Miss Marianne any other thoughts on the on the White Cane Law and where it's going and how we should get it there?
3: No, i I think what we have laid out, the plan that we uh, put together tonight here as a group, would be an a, a, an awesome place to go with it.
1: And the interesting thing is that they actually could be encouraged at a chapter level, at a state level, or at a national level. So um it's interesting. we've We've essentially developed marching orders that could apply to virtually anybody now which is pretty exciting Um, so i i think to summarize then um while we recognize that the white cane law isn't at the moment as effective as it could be we believe that there is benefit in retaining the white cane law and in trying to draw more attention to it in a variety of ways. We also believe that there's lots we can do not only on White Cane Safety Day um, but all year round by becoming involved with pedestrian coalitions uh, and by uh, going out into the community and publicizing the White Cane Law. One of the nice things about the White Cane Law is I don't know about any state white cane law that's longer than two or three pages so it's very easy to give out the whole law if you want to Uh, again um wearing some shirts that we heard about this evening like um you know abide by the by uh, you know be safe the white canes are the law something like that would would again um clearly be something that would that would provide kind of uh, the general public with at least some information. Oh, there's a law about that? Really? Um, so uh, the truth is, I think what we've demonstrated today is there's a lot that many of us can do. Agencies serving the blind, state agencies serving the blind, organizations of the blind, organizations for the blind can all play a part in publicizing a law that at least attempts um, to provide greater safety for those of us who are blind, who are trying to do what we ought to have the right to do, which is to cross streets in this country when we choose to do that. I hope that everybody who's listened to the program has come away thinking more about the White Cane Law. Uh, Some of us take it for granted, and some of us um, perhaps have been too negative about the White Cane Law and should instead think about how we can make it better. So, ladies and gentlemen, it seems to me that what we've managed to do on the program today is certainly raise some issues that we hope can be used at all levels within ACB to try to encourage things to get a little better. Next week, we are going to uh, be hearing from our audio description project about some stuff that's coming up later this fall. But it also gives us an opportunity to talk with members of the committee, and we hope with uh, Dr. Henlon as well, about elements of uh, the audio description project and audio description in general that we have
5: questions about. In the meantime, on behalf of all of us, good night.